0: to the Orient Outlook Podcast with myself, Steve Nusbaum, and as always, my good friend, Southstan Chum. He is the bearded legend. Thank you, Mr. T.A.U., <laughs> the
1: one and only Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 115 of the Orient Outlook Podcast. In this week's packed show, we cover two games one of which was screened live on BT Sport. Um, Sadly, uh, neither of them are going to be positives. However, we have the most comprehensive roundup of everything that has been going on at the football club in the past seven days. So, without further ado, I think we just crack on with the show.
0: Wicked. So, supporters club update. So, the first trip to tell you about is coaches going to Aldershot on Saturday, the 23rd of September, leaving Brisbane Road. at 11 a.m. for a 3 p.m. kickoff. The cost for this one is 21 pound for adults and 18 pound for concessions, with the usual three pound surcharge for non-members. Also, the other trip to tell you about is Barrow on 7th of October, departing at 7 a.m. for a 3 p.m. kickoff. There was a flat fare for this trip, uh, for, for this trip, for this Not the a trap. F- it's legit. It could be a trap. It could though. be a trap. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the bargain price of only 20 pound, which is one off. Flat fare, absolute bargain. So you can book for those trips uh, in a Supporters Club for any home game or on the travel line, which is 07722135970. And don't forget to buy your tickets
1: for the matches in advance because you yes. don't get them with your coach tickets. So, Um, Someone who is known to nearly every Orient fan, in fact, I think every Orient fan. Uh, We had him on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. He used to own a garage in Hackney, recently sold it so that he can concentrate on his charity work as well as his work with the Orient Academy teams. Yes, you've guessed it, Errol McKellar. He's got in touch with us and he's asked us to mention Prostate Cancer's Stronger Knowing More campaign of which he is a guest seminar speaker. There will be a special male cancer nurse on hand to answer any queries you may have. Uh, there's no entry fee for an event that he's going to be speaking at. And this event takes place on Saturday, the 14th of October, which coincidentally we don't have a game for that day because that's FA, F- Cup, yeah. FA Cup or FA Vars Day that day. This could be held at a place called The Waterworks, Works, which is Lamass Road, Leighton E107QR doors open for 5:30. The first seminar is at 6:30. So basically, uh, for everybody that that, you know that that knows Errol, he's uh, been a very very strong advocate of the work that Prostate Cancer UK do, uh, and he's speaking at a seminar um, on that Saturday. So please go along and support him if you haven't been checked. I think specifically, not specifically, but more particularly from uh, sort of from the black community, from the uh, from the Caribbean community, from the African community, that you have a very strong or higher statistical chance of having it than than others. But nonetheless, one should should still keep up uh, their health right. obligations. Let's get back on the fifteen. Let's. That's, that's, that, that's, that's a serious <laughs> business
0: over and done with. So let's carry on now with the week that was. Yeah, so Monday, the 11th of September. So Charlie Lee undergoes knee surgery to fix his ACL injury. And we always wish Charlie a speedy recovery. So get better soon, Charlie. And we look forward to you returning it onto the Brisbane Road pitch as soon as possible.
1: Absolutely. Macaulay Bond wins the official player of the month for August, beating. George Ellicoby, James Dayton, and
0: Charlie Granger. So well done, Macup Yep, yeah, and although there was no latent Orient trust at the beginning of the podcast, the trust did tweet by saying we visited Chase Lane School this morning with Kent Teague to deliver exchange letters from elementary school children in Texas. Hashtag LOFC, hashtag our club. What a brilliant yeah. idea.
1: That is an absolutely outstanding idea. And I I, I think from speaking to Neil um, at the trust that it was Kent's wife's idea. Genius. And it's like sort of this pem- going back a bit old school, bit trad- you know, pen and and whatnot. And I think that there might there's talk of more of that happening. Maybe them coming over, maybe us going there, something like that. What a tremendous idea! Me and what Paul, an
0: experience. Me and Paul are available for trips to the US. Just to let everyone know, <laughs> business who, class only. Who may be listening that we are available for hire. The wives. <laughs> Aren't uh, a necessity, but would be uh, recommended for us yeah, to take yeah, them yeah. as well. Yeah, like. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so Tuesday the 12th of September then, in the afternoon, the under-18s won 3-1 away at Stevenage after being a goal down at half-time with our goals coming from Sam Dolby, Raw and Toby Stevenson. So great result there for the young O's. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then
1: in the evening, it was Halifax at home. Team lined up with Charlie Granger in goal with Caprice, Sendles White, uh, Michael Clark, Joe Wooderson across the back with Lawless, Clay, uh, Bocco and Mackinough across the midfield, and Bond and Harold up top with subs of Sergeant Hap, uh, or Happy, as I believe it's pronounced, <laughs> Ochang, Karoma,
0: and David Mooney. So that was five changes to the side that lost to Brian Wood at the weekend, uh, as Steve Davis said. Coulson and Kobe were injured, so in came Sendles, White, and Clark. Then in midfield, Oching dropped to the bench and was replaced by Lawless, who was given the captain's armband, Dayton suffered a slight hamstring injury at Wood, so Romy Bocca comes in to replace him. And Harold got his first start at the expense of vice-captain David Mooney, who dropped to the bench. So your views on that uh, team selection, yeah, Mr. Levy? Yeah,
1: I, I suspected that Harold may start over Mooney. I think it was stuff that Mooney had said in his post-match against Boreham Wood, where he said, if I drop to the bench, I drop to the bench. Yeah. So uh, I'm not sure there's anything premeditated there, but just some vibes that I got. Got from him there. Uh, lawless replacing Ochang is he's he's simple in my mind. He's the first choice centre midfielder. Ochang unfortunately didn't stand out against yeah. Borenwood. Not, not, not that anybody did, but in particular, I don't think he did enough necessarily to keep his place or to cement that argument. Uh, unfortunately, but otherwise for me, it's it's really as you would expect given the uh, losses that we had last week to Borenwood with you know Sendles Clark coming in, yeah. uh, Sendles White and and Clark coming in. Yeah, agreed.
0: Yeah, I thought those changes would be made uh, due to injury. For me, I was a bit surprised to see Mooney on the bench, because he doesn't have the same impact off the bench that Howard would give you. Yeah, can't really switch it up, but like you said, I understand why Mooney went to the bench. No surprises there. So, the match kicked off in a wet and windy night in E10. And unfortunately, the first goal didn't take long to come and it wasn't uh, our way. No, sadly not. In the fifth minute, Adam Morgan
1: had plenty of time and space in the Orient box as he smashed into the back of the net. And the ball had come in off, a, off their six foot seven uh, bloke's head, and he'd had enough time to sort of turn and uh, sort of pivot round. And I think it was Michael Clark or Jamie that had sort of followed him round, which then created a gap. Um, and then he's just
0: smashed it in. Um, Defe- defence, good for me, finish. Great finish, but defence there for me out a bit too easily. And I think if you've got Ella on the pitch or Coulson, that probably doesn't happen. They probably have a tussle, and our defence win that. Um, nonetheless good finish very little chance for Granger I thought and a goal down within the first five minutes a disappointing start and in in the eighth minute Joby turns in the box he found space and his cross was met by Harold Uh, you know to go back to that cross by Joby an absolute peach it's exactly where Harold would want it he kind of was was rising up and he knew he was going to head it and get a clean connection and everyone's kind of half up ready to cheer the goal Uh, but he headed wide from six yards and the first skilled chance of the evening should have should have done much
1: better there that that changes the whole game really cool. i think you put halifax on the back foot a little bit the, t- the crowd the momentum that that will give and spur the players on i think it, it, it's an almost a game changer but you know just 2 minutes later we then get another effort in the 10th minute with Romy bocco who smashed an effort uh, over and wide and and you know, having been fed through through the aforementioned harold and and for me with those, when you're in the 18 yard box, if you don't score, you at least need that on target. Yeah, I mean, make the keeper work, potentially
0: make him spill it, who knows? But to smash it that high and wide is, for me, poor. Yeah, I mean, it was a great response to going the goal down. We seem to be cutting them open. It will really two easily. Two chances and in two minutes. I think Halifax had kept quite a lot of clean sheets. They hadn't conceded in a way going quite a while, and we were literally cutting for them really easily. And you're thinking, this is only a matter of time. And then just one minute later, for me, this was the chance of the match. For Orion at this point great build up play uh, again Joby involved he put Caprice through Caprice got behind the defence he kind of done a cross shot which got powered by the keeper but the ball rolled out to Ronnie Bocco in a seriously very good position in the box with, with just the ball to put in the net and again everyone's up going one all, and somehow he blazed it over and for me that's probably the worst miss of the three and like I was saying to you before maybe you could say, oh, well, it was a wet pitch. The board may maybe coming to him faster and bouncing a bit faster than he would like it to. But you've got to be scoring those. And that was three edge <coughs> chances that we should have taken all of them.
1: them Within six minutes of them scoring, we've created three decent,
0: game-changing
1: chances. So,
0: Greg wants to go in behind, but not able to put the ball in and that...
1: Yeah, and then I took a tweet from uh, at Guardian Orient in the 14th minute who said, Bond played in Harold who decided against shooting first time and is closed down. The ball reaches Bon again but his shot is saved. So again, just sort of dithering uh, at critical moments, unfortunately, and as I think I'll probably come to in my in in, uh, in my summary, is that you know we need to be more clinical in the box. You know, if you've got the chance, shoot. Yeah, you know, we're, we're we're losing.
0: Yeah, and Bon was involved uh, in the 18th minute as he headed wide from a corner, and in in the 22nd minute he played in uh, Clay who had just gone offside. So we were playing some decent stuff, but yeah. just not clinical enough. Exactly. And that Bond header was a really good glancing header and it only just flashed wide a goal. Yes, um, I remember that now. Yes. Yeah, that was
1: a really good opportunity. But again, not not as clear-cut as what you might think. That would have been a really good goal. Um, yep, yeah, so he did the 22-minute one, yep. sorry. Yeah. In the 25th minute, Clark clears a dangerous cross as their man uh, happens to get in behind Jake
0: Caprice. Yeah, and in the 27th minute, Caprice just about recovered as Cossie Lou attacked... Had him beaten and we got the danger out eventually I'm sure we'll come on to it a bit later, but this Cossie Lou if I'm saying his name right yeah little so. number seven
1: he was he, he, gave, he gave Jake Caprice, and I don't mean to use this pun, but he gave him a run for his money.
0: He was superb he almost came off, he almost came off really early on in the game and he kind of shrugged away um, to the management I think he must have picked up a little injury really early on, but managed to shake it off. He was mint. I think we've got a lot of tweets about him later. He was sure mustard, he really was. Considering and how good Caprice has been this season. Caprice had a tourist time by him. Yeah,
1: he so. really gave him a hard time. Wouldn't mind signing him up, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, 29th minute free kick for Halifax from a lawless foul just inside our half and a poorly marked Tom Denton. That is their big man, uh, their six foot seven guy Scores with a header at the far
0: post to make it 2-0. For me, the difference between the two teams at that point was the delivery Um, that delivery from that free kick was absolutely spot on to their man and Denton still had a bit to do but he finished it well and in 2-0 and And at that point you're thinking we're done here but well, it's only half an hour gone. That goal was all down to that free kick. And I think we had a free kick even just before that, or just after it um, that Joby took, and it, well, it didn't have the same quality. And, and that, that was point. the difference between yeah. between the two points. So at this point, our defence looked completely shot. Obviously, it's a new pairing between Clark and Sendles White. Obviously, yeah. first time playing with each other. And that goal seemed to knock our confidence. And in the 33rd minute, lucky not to be three down as Morgan should have scored. Uh, we were all over the place and managed to clear the ball. But at that point, we just looked so poor defensively. Yeah, we,
1: we were struggling a bit then. 35th minute, bomb was threaded through by Harold. Unfortunately, his shot just lacked
0: the power it needed. Yeah, and in the 38th minute, good save from Granger as Halifax just strolled through uh, into our area. And you're thinking, at this point, you just need to get in at 2 0 because we could be looking at another hammer. And, yeah it, it, at this point it could have gone either way we could have
1: been 3-1 yeah. up or we could have been 3-0 down Yeah. Um, really um, Charlie Granger made a superb save from Tom Denton's goal bound header really stretched for that that was a great save
0: by really Granger. good save and, and he did well to smother the shot a minute earlier as well he did and in the 42nd minute I guess the story of the mm-hmm. first half really uh, Joby nice little run Nice little sidestep. Got himself a yard of space. Curled a beautiful effort. Had the stretching keeper completely beaten. Beaten. um, But the effort hit the crossbar and got cleared by Halifax. And I've got to say, Joby had a really good first half. Looked like our biggest threat. Wanting the ball, coming short for the ball. Being done. And maybe, you could say, maybe not having Mooney on the pitch might help Joby. Because Mooney obviously comes really deep to kind of get the ball and get involved. Uh, But obviously Howard and Bond don't. So obviously Howard and Bond... Are in the box looking for the ball, so that's more responsibility on Joby. But Joby, they're very, very unlucky not to pull one back. And if that goes in, it's a completely different half time, 100%. To
1: yeah, we're almost sort of you know, we leveraged a bit of uh, uh, space back in this game. Two minutes of stoppage time are played, and then the half time whistle goes, and we are going in at half time at home to part time Halifax 2 0. Yeah,
0: I mean, it could have been four, though. to be fair, yeah, so many chances, and like you said, it was end to end stuff. At some points, but you know, if you don't take your chances and if you don't defend, you're going to lose games. That's exactly what we were looking at at that point. So attendance announced three thousand six hundred, with one hundred and fifty three Halifax fans making the journey. It's amazing that well done. That that is generally a great credit. on a Tuesday night, coming down from Halifax, one hundred and fifty three souls. That's really good. At a team where you should probably get spanked. Against one of the biggest teams in the league. You know, you're probably looking at the defeat, you know, so no changes at halftime for the O's. So the second half kicked off unchanged. Yep, and in the
1: 47th minute, Halifax had a header uh, that was um, put just wide, unfortunately. Yeah, again,
0: sorry, fortunately uh, for for us. A free kick again, just inside that half, very similar to their second goal. And again, a delivery right on their man's head. Fantastic ball. Some of their deliveries were superb. And in the 50th minute... Uh, Halifax again attacked. You could tell they wanted to put the game out of reach at this point, And their little number seven, Kozu, uh had a tame shot. Well saved by Granger. Yeah, 51st minute. Mackenough drove towards their goal, skips past a couple of
1: challenges. And it really did open up quite nicely for him, but uh, his shot was deflected wide. We got a corner that unfortunately we couldn't capitalise on.
0: Yeah, and in the hour mark, David Mooney came on for Romy Bocco. I think maybe Bocco's misses, maybe he hit his confidence a little bit. He didn't really get involved much at all after the kind of two missed chances maybe he couldn't maybe maybe he was feeling the effects of those misses Uh, so Mooney came on and in the 63rd minute Clay shot over, uh, from just outside the box.
1: Yeah, 66th minute. Halifax keeper comes out the area, fails to clear, and Bond's shot hits the chest of the Halifax player. Goes out for a corner. Um, I didn't think that was that was going in really. I think Bond's been sort of snatching at a few chances. I made a note they've
0: been snatching at a few chances yeah, I think, that evening. I think we I mean, interviewed Steve Davis a bit earlier on in the season. He, he said, said sometimes that. Bond, when he's not scoring, can sometimes start snatching a bit and not playing so naturally. And I think we were kind of seeing the effects of his frustration uh, as that game uh, was going on and in 67th minute from the resulting corner ball fell to Mooney who slipped and his shot was saved oh that was such a that was such an opportunity if he hadn't slipped yeah. who knows
1: again 3-1 you might think alright we might try and get a goal here yep. uh, from the resulting uh, corner you've done that one in yep. the 70th minute pass forward bought down by Harold ball falls to Mooney inside
0: the 18 yard box sadly he shot just wide yeah and I've got to say since Mooney came on I think we did look better I think Mooney was drifting into little pockets of space like he does and causing the Halifax defence a few problems. And obviously we had Bond and Harold on the pitch at that point. So I think Mooney done quite well, actually. Made a good impact. But in the 72nd minute, Halifax uh, won a penalty as Adam Morgan was shoved off the ball by Clark. I've only seen this again from behind the goal. Still inconclusive, but can see why it was given. I've watched
1: it back on Ozone. It looks like a penalty to me. Fine, okay, But... Look, that. I, but the referee's got the same angle, but he's obviously a lot closer. So given, and at this standard, it's always going to be given. Michael Clark was a little. I think it was Michael Clark. Yeah, that gave that away. Anyway, um, so in the seventy-third minute, uh, Kisolo steps up, sends Granger the wrong way from the spot. Made it 3-0. Um, Game over. Really, that's killed it in the 73rd because then Mooney gets a shot in the 78th and uh, that, he puts that one over the bar, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, 80th minute, Bond turned and shot just over and in the 86th minute, we saw Josh Corome who replaced Harold. Um, I think you said too little too late, should have been done a bit earlier. I think so. I think that was done as Harold uh, looked like he was coming off with an injury. Um, so had that off. been done earlier, he
1: could have been preserved. Yeah. If you know what I mean. He had a calf, as it turns out, he had a calf strain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so three minutes of added time are played in, uh, within in the first minute of that. Coroma shot just wide, having ridden two challenges. He did really well. I don't think he expected to be in that position. He's just snatched at the shot across goal and, and it just goes out. And then the full-time whistle went and our unbeaten home run ends as we lose 3-0 to Halifax. It was for them. It was like them winning the cup final. Yeah, um, great
0: result for them and their manager who I, I think we'll mention a bit later on was very happy with that result um, as you would be a massive win for them and our yeah. first home defeat and in pretty um, extreme, extreme circumstances it yeah. was 3-0 and a game where you could probably say we didn't deserve anything out of although we had some guilty chances in the first half so yeah. after the game we were lucky enough to speak to Steve Davis uh, and here's what Steve had to say uh, straight after the Halifax game
2: so Steve, what's the mood like in the dressing room after tonight's match? It's, it's always uh, they always talk. I allow, allow them always allow the players to have two or three minutes to talk after to to get that frustration and their feelings and and um, you know I was given that time and and yeah, there was, it was a lot of honesty and um, words spoken and I think that's what I try and encourage. I don't want people to bottle it up but rather them get it out and be honest with each other and uh, and it, you know and take that criticism uh, of it off each other. You know you've got to be able, you've got to be big enough and man enough to do that and that's the environment that we've got in there and they're all disappointed because we want to win games and we were winning games certainly at home um, but tonight as I say it wasn't to be and I guess you mentioned winning home games got a perfect opportunity going into Saturday so how do, you, how do you G the boys up what do you say to them I think they'll be G'd up anyway you know there's enough motivation self-motivation with that group you know Um mm-hmm a few different players tonight who come into the team and maybe they're a little bit different characters to, to George and less experienced so big test for them if they play again on Saturday but um, you know there's enough in there to to, to realise that um, it's one game and, and not you know back to back defeats is, is not ideal but you know there's only us who can put it right and we'll try and do that Saturday we've got, we've got a chance against a, a good team um, that have had a little bit of an uplifting form but um, you know, we bounce but we've got to keep saying that, we've got to keep bouncing back and, and getting over it. But I don't think there'll be a problem motivating that group for any game. It must be quite a hard loss to take
1: considering the amount of chances we created, good opportunities. Joby's hitting the post, yeah. Bond's turn on the turn, keeper saved it. We just just luck wasn't there for us today was it it's a
2: little bit of everything isn't it it's a little bit of luck it's a little bit of um, snatching at things it's a little bit you know the keeper makes a save or we we've just we've got into really good we probably haven't created as clear cut chances as that all season um, you know as i say any other time i'm sure the then players would bury those chances and we end up 2-1 and we're all thinking what a great recovery that is so yeah. that, that's football and that's it happens we just have to accept that we didn't take our chances it wasn't our night they did um We've got to learn how to cope with with that type of player in the future, uh, and we move on. And as I say, this all, all lessons to be learned. Thanks, Steve.
1: So that was Steve Davis post match. That meant that defeat meant that we slipped from fourth to ninth in the league table on 16 points. And we'll do a full table roundup later on in the episode so for me I really thought we would turn this team over despite all the stats that say Halifax are very strong away from home haven't lost away for months rarely conceded Um, they used their 6 foot 7 inch striker to full effect we really didn't have an answer uh, for that particular question they were really good uh, they were, you know, they played as a team. They played really well, and we had another off day. Um we got to be, as I said earlier, more clinical in both boxes. If Harold's header had, had gone in, or either of Bocco's efforts had, had gone in, it, it it's a very different game. If Joby's effort goes in as a screamer, you know, it's a very different game. It could have been probably a four-all game, or it could have been a four-three game to us. Whatever, but um, you know, nonetheless, that's the second um, second uh, loss that we got within the space of uh, a few days there. We created several clear-cut chances, as I say, but we just didn't take them. And, and defending in, in our box as well uh, is just not good enough at times, unfortunately. And, and other teams are, are, are taking those chances. One thing I did notice, though, was their manager was barking orders huh. at their players the whole night. How that got I heard him speaking after. How he's not gone horse after that, I, I don't know. For me, really disappointed overall. Um, disappointed in, in that we didn't, we didn't get more out, out of that game. Really,
0: yeah, for me, I didn't see that one coming to be honest. Um, like you said, I knew it, but their away record was good, but I didn't realize how kind of strong they were to our two teams. Like you said, Halifax took their chances, were well drilled, played to their strengths. That Cozy Lou was terrific, as was their number nine, who won every header during the game. I remember thinking at some point, we'll win a header against him. He was winning yeah. every header, we couldn't deal with him, uh, even though he didn't look like a footballer, he didn't have to No he build. Like a pup, pup team. But, surprise me, mate, Even they capitalised on our weaknesses in a very open game. And, you know, for us, we defended poorly. We missed three edge opportunities at 1-0 down. And once it was 2-0, I couldn't see us getting back in the game. Thought Mac enough Clay, Caprice and Mooney all played OK. But the test starts now for this squad. First time they're being questioned. Uh, and let's hope they respond in the right manner on Saturday. So it's interesting to write that on Tuesday night I and mean, then come to the Saturday game shortly exactly. so those are like our views come on to your views um so these are all tweets uh, that we received at Orient Outlook and you know we don't kind of not tweet stuff that we don't agree with we retweet everything that we get if it's a valid point um so to start off with then simply a red 72 says I didn't see a lack of effort or commitment we have to be more streetwise at this level Halifax game plan was obvious from the first minute Paolo1986 said, need to stay positive,
1: leaky at the back, but making lots of chances. Need to take them and get
0: tighter. Yeah, John Crabb3 says, no idea and no creativity. I'm not sure what style we're looking to adopt. Awful. Richie J. Bourne said, a team with more fight and passion beat a team with
1: little ideas and heart. Too slow in the build-up play, never a plan B, every corner is the
0: same. I think that passion comment's really good, because you can see their manager was really kind of drilling really kind of that. At Orient Boys, there's no excuse. We are an average non-league side. Plan A is not wholly clear. And there is no plan B. Mid-table obscurity. Pray for it. There's no strength and depth. At Dear Stew said, Poor. How Bocco came out for the second
1: half, I'll never know. We didn't have a clue how to deal with Lurch up front. Hashtag <laughs> not good.
0: Yeah, he was outstanding. At Pete L. Davy, This is a little concerning. Two losses on the bounce with an increasing injury list. We all expected a bumpy ride this season and that is proving correct.
1: Chaz Porch, summed, summed up by the fact that their goalkeeper wore a white kit on a wet pitch
0: and was it was pristine at full time. Great point. That's, That's a really good point. At Len and Four, this is an atrocious first half. Improved second, but still very below par. Bocco was useless at defending. Clark and Sanders White were exposed. No positives. At Pierce
1: Race Team tweeted saying, Missed the Dayton-Caprice link up on the right, but really missed Elikobi in defence. That said, Orient had the chances at 0-1. And that's a good summary of the that's match That's a really there. good
0: point. Gorillaz1985 says, Well, we have used plan A. We've got Harold for plan B. And maybe plan C should be just fine The your position's net. Man in a match for me was Mackinough stroke Caprice. At
1: Chicken Oriental said, Wasted at least three good chances, but overall we were outplayed by a well-organised side. Lawless looked lost. Caroma lively, but needed more time.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. He did look lively when he came on. And Lawless has come in for quite a bit of criticism over he the last has. couple of weeks. At yeah. Down underscore underscore south. Says the team might have been bad, but didn't hear a single song tonight. Been a while since I've been, but atmosphere was very poor for a home game. That's a good point Yeah, well, it was yeah. a bit subdued. Maybe that's because of the Boreham Wood loss, maybe on the Saturday, but I did feel a bit subdued on Tuesday night. No? That's a good point.
1: At IamMO said, Are the fullbacks being told not to go forward? Widderson barely crosses the halfway line and Caprice only went forward when their seven was subbed. Tippy-tappy backward football that is going nowhere. Defence and midfield were bullied all game. Halifax could have had six or seven. I think Caprice had a very difficult match, but only because their number seven was so... And he had to be on, so, good yeah, yeah. on it. We, if he's
0: the fastest player. You've got to have him on their fastest player, really. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Orient Dave, so completely at sea in the first half at the back. Granger's head dropped and experienced head is needed between the sticks. I thought had done all right on Tuesday. I've got to confess, Granger's getting a bit of a stick as well, but I thought Granger actually, little chance both goals, and made some decent saves yeah agree Uh,
1: Jack Coates 14 I thought we didn't play bad we just missed loads of chances but Bocco was awful he missed chances too narrow and he really gave us no option we didn't have any other choice with the centre backs when Ella Kobe and Coulson are fit the two that played tonight wouldn't get a sniff
0: yeah great sweet Alan AVM fifteen oh two says already Davis out Ling out same old blur from the O's fans three main players are out yes we were poor but there is so much overreaction. That's a great
1: tweet. That is an absolutely brilliant tweet, Alan. Thank you very much indeed for sending that to us. At Jim586, this league isn't going to be easy, but we had more than enough chances to win despite giving them two goals and the third was never a penalty. And for me, that's another great tweet. And before everyone starts getting on my case and I'm too happy clappy, I'm not. And I'll criticise when it's due. (laughs) But for me, I think that... With what's gone on, people need to just have a little bit more patience and a little bit more realisation that we are digging real deep here and these players
0: would not be playing if nine of them were fit. I could definitely say you are definitely not too happy clappy sitting next to you. Uh, at Lee Fine Gold says, <laughs> missed two sitters at 1 nil down. The Joby hits the bar. It could have been 3 or at half time. We must sort out our defending though, as we look like conceding every time teams attack. That's another it great. Point. Does make me a bit
1: nervous. Yeah. At Bendy Bollard, sloppy at the back, wasteful up front, and overrun in the midfield. But we created
0: a lot, and on another night, it could have been so different. Yeah, at LOFC 1978 says, We've assembled a team and style of play which is better suited to League 2. We need to be more Direct physical. The Halifax number seven and number nine were a star man. That is a great point. Sometimes we're playing it and it's too nice. Whereas most other teams are just hoofing it along to a big target man and trying to get runners off the ball. Maybe yeah. we're playing, trying to play football. It's too nice. Yep, Well, ZOs very unlucky to lose
1: top four performers so early to injury. Two of whom are centre backs will all take time. No overreacting required. Only patience.
0: That's a great point. And at the time, Charlie Lee got injured. I don't think Charlie Lee had done that well for us. I thought he'd done all right, but I didn't certainly expect um, to miss him as much as we are. Maybe that's me doing a massive disservice to Charlie Lee. Maybe Charlie Lee he drives it forward. Yeah. He's the one that he's that attacking midfielder where you'll have a clay or a lawless that will sit back and do yeah. the dirty work. Yeah, at John's 1988, it's the better team in the first half. Bocco misses a sitter, Bob misses a header, Harold misses a header. They were all glorious chances, and McLaughlin then hits the post. Need to be more clinical. Another great tweet. But the final word on that game goes to Wadsey, who said, Could have been three or four goals
1: up had it not been for poor finishing. That said, defensively very frail. Really miss the injured players. So thanks yeah. to everybody who has tweeted us those.
0: Yeah, and a Prediction League update, nobody, out of almost 100 uh, tweets we had, nobody predicted the correct score for this one and there'll be a full table roundup at the end of the episode. Indeed.
1: So that was the Halifax game on Tuesday the 12th. We now move on to the rest of that week which was Wednesday the 13th of September and the supporters club hold a meet-the-owners evening with Nigel, Travis and Kent Teague. Uh, We were lucky enough to be given permission to record this so if you haven't, if you weren't able to attend um, you can listen to it on the internet. It's on our SoundCloud page which is soundcloud.com forward slash Orient-Outlook. Both part one and part two are on there. They're both on iTunes. They're on TuneIn. They're also on Stitcher for those that have
0: Samsungs or Android phones uh, as well. It's a say, great evening. It's amazing you can go, get your phone next to the speakers, and literally, from the second they stop talking, you press a button on your phone, and then within 10 minutes, it's there, there for everybody to digest here, and listen. So, well done. And obviously... For instance, your thoughts quickly on, on the evening really good evening
1: actually a uh, lot of good questions asked there's a lot around finances which uh, Kent gave as much as he could give people I think there was a certain thing about the debt question about them putting money into the club as a debt in a debt vehicle yeah it's all about finance structures which i don't understand and it made people a little bit nervous because a couple of people said to me afterwards that they would like more info about yeah, that yeah. so i messaged kent and i said about you know that and he said look if i start going into it it will confuse people and unless you're au fait with yeah, yeah. debt structuring and financing of companies he said it just it it'd probably confuse people more than it will help them so uh, i think we just have to You know, trust the fact that, you know, we've got Nigel there who's a fan, Kent's a fan, you know, they want well for the club and, you know, I think we're just a little bit edgy about the fact that the last guy that we had only in the club... Did what he did, and I think that's where people are getting a little bit twitchy about. It. But overall, terrific evening. couple of moronic questions that you know you get into silly season. Yeah, um, we're not having the Cheerios back for anybody that's curious or interested, <laughs> they're not going to be brought back. So, a massive... they're not going to Americanize it either yeah. with post uh, uh, mid match entertainment or anything like that. It's an English football club, and they've got friends that own Liverpool and other soccer clubs yeah, in America, yeah. etc. But listen to it; parts one and two are right out there. Really good evenings, a couple of hours worth of yeah of
0: listening pleasure. So, thanks to the supporters' club, thanks yes. to Nigel, thanks to Kent, thanks to uh, the actual club as well for allowing us to record the event. And much you've appreciated. Listened, we hope you've enjoyed it. So, Thursday, the fourteenth of September. Not many of them. But it was a quiet day. At orient I How like I look. quiet days. Towers. Me too.
1: I like a quiet day. Me and too. Then we move on to Mooney Friday. Every is, Friday, my friend. Every Friday. It's the fifteenth of September for this one. And just a very quick happy birthday, happy fortieth birthday to friend of the podcast, John Macker. Well done. Birthday, Don't John. look a
0: day over thirty-nine. Hope you had a good night last night. The pictures look like you did. So ahead of the televised game versus Hartlepool, Steve Davis spoke to George Sessions and said, "As a footballer and as a professional, you want to be on the TV." Because it is a chance to show people who are watching what you can do, is also an opportunity to show how proud you are to play for this football club and play in a way that catches the eye. So the cameras being there on Saturday gives us a platform to do that.
1: Great, to, great quote that. Yeah, really I good. that's the first time I've I've read that. And that's a really brilliant quote. Yeah, well, well done, done to Steve. Yeah, well done to George. <laughs> in the morning uh, of Saturday, the sixteenth of September. Uh, the under-18s, they uh, played South End, unfortunately they lost 3-1 after leading through a real Sartorio, uh goal, uh, unfortunately, so uh, they ran out 3-1 losers there, so unlucky to the young ho's, yeah. but they'll bounce back.
0: I'm sure they will win another goal for Satorio this week. Yeah, uh, Hartlepool did, was the match, that was at home, in front of the TV, cameras for BT Sports kicked off at half past 12 slightly earlier. We hope everyone made it and hope that people didn't turn up at 3pm, although well, I'm probably sure there was one or two of you um so the That'd team hilarious, I'd love to know if anybody did that. I bet they did. So the team was announced with Granger in goal with a back four of Caprice, Sendles Wyatt, Happy and Willison in midfield, Coroma, Lawless, Clay and Mackinough with Mooney and Bond starting up front, subs, Sam Sargent, Michael Clark, Henry Oching, Romy Bocco and Sam Dolby. That's it. So three changes from the
1: starting lineup against Halifax as Josh Coroma comes in for Romy Bocco, uh, Dan Happy, who makes his first start. For the Orient in place of Michael Clark, And David Mooney comes in for the injured Matt Harold. uh, Sam Dolby was named as a substitute to give a different option up front. But to be fair, he's the only option. Yeah, good Um, to see him though. But it's great because he was, obviously as it's known, he was on trial at Crystal Palace. Uh, I spoke to Steve Davis. He rates Sam Dolby highly. So he would like to see, I think, him involved
0: more. Well, when we spoke to Steve, he was saying he sees him more as a number 10 and a number nine so it'll be interesting to see how Sam develops over the next yeah. couple of years under Steve but still no Josh Corson, no George Ellicobi no James Dayton and no Matt Harold uh, uh, in the squad due to injury Matt obviously picked up that injury that we picked up on Tuesday night so your views yeah. on the team Steve? hadn't heard about Harold being injured really until the team was named um, interesting
1: that Clark was dropped for Hap, but I mean Hap is 6 foot 4 he's 17 years old Easy. and he's
0: still growing he's Beast. He's a big boy. He's a beast. And my yeah. views, I thought Moons would start um, for this one. I thought we might see Judd coming for Wooderson at this point, but I guess Why? if you give him happy's debut, Why would just you because think Wooderson? I thought Wooderson needs a break, doesn't look confident on the ball anymore, and two games in a week, or three games in a week, I thought we might see him drop, but we didn't. Good to see Dorby on the bench and good to see Karoma get a start to see what he, he can do. He's looked lively in his um, substitute appearances. So I to make this one you were there so you can I talk us through it for the most part are. and I'll ask you a few questions on it don't really want to talk too much about this one either, unfortunately <laughs> in the 7th
1: minute Happy, Happy's back pass is short Granger's clearance hit Rhys Oates and the ball
0: fortunately
1: spins across the face of goal I mean it's one of those where gasps yeah I mean yeah. either Charlie's got to take a touch and let the man jump past him and then sort of pass it out rather than just kicking it out every time is, I think he's got to be a little bit cleverer in future
0: yeah in the 15th minute Mooney picked the ball up and turned wild before he hit a shot which was well saved by Loach, their keeper. Yeah,
1: in the 19th minute, Orient took the lead as Karoma plays in David Moody. His shot was well saved by their goalkeeper, uh, Scott Loach uh, the ball came come out to Joby McEnough and it sat up a bit for him he got over that and, and yes. put that in the back of the net really really well I've seen them skied from 6 yards out we saw that skied from Romy Bocca
0: on Tuesday night from 6 yards out so good that finish was a there really
1: really really good finish and we come out and we wanted to show what we can do whether the camera's made a difference or not is irrelevant the fact is we come out
0: and we wanted to to really do well you might not know the answer to this when Joby scores he'd done the old Jay Simpson Oh, I, I see that I wonder if that's a tribute to Jay, B or Jay. If you're listening, because we know Jay sometimes does, let us know if that was a tribute to Jay Simpson. He done that,
1: but that was Ke- that was a Kevin Nolan. He did that for Kevin. Na- oh no, he didn't. No, did but he? that
0: was what Jay used to do. It's got some meaning. Do you remember? It's got a meaning that Jay hasn't told us what that means. So Jay, if you listen, because I know you've been listening in Philadelphia, get in touch with us and let us know. Um, okay. So at that point, I deserve a deserve lead. Yes, yes, yeah, I think Good. so. I think it's fair to say. Um, I'll take
1: any lead at the moment. Um, OK, so in the 25th minute then, almost 2-0 as Lawless floats a ball over the top for Bond who lets the ball bounce and takes a shot which which hit the post. So he's come quite wide, he's come... Uh, left centre far left centre and he smashed it what looked like across the goal it's hit like almost the inside of the post and oh. then bounced back out if that goes in game over 2-0 game you over you think yeah. so you think that Hartley Paul's heads would drop you'd think the stuffing would have been knocked out of them a little bit um, terrific effort by, by Maka he was a bit he was oh. unlucky Oh, very unlucky! Yeah, I mean, you hit the post. I and mean, you've got literally the whole of the goal, and you hit the yeah, post. Yeah. I mean, it's that tiny bit of the post that he's
0: hit, and it's just come back out. Yeah, and a good, it's a good spot at this point. I think, uh, twenty ninth minute, Caprice crossed, got to Mooney, took a touch before Loach saved, and Mooney was booked for handball during that move. And in the thirty second minute, he needed treatment um, for his shoulder. He felt but it looked quite okay heavy, to continue, and you were saying it looked like he was not moving correctly second half he
1: right. was running with his arm down by his side yeah and the rest of the half really sort of just played itself out it was a bit nothing key. Right. I mean plenty of people probably seen it on telly don't want me to uh, regurgitate all of that but yeah I mean it was a bit to and fro nothing really we looked a bit pedestrian at times and needed yeah. a little bit more urgency about us we need to move the ball quicker um, We 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 seem to have a lack of movement I think you know where we have the lead we need to really try and capitalise I think that, that said, I mean, perhaps I'm referring more to the second half than the first because for the first sort of really 40 odd minutes, actually, we weren't too bad. Oh, yeah, okay. Actually, so on
0: reflection, my... so three minutes of injury time were played, and you're thinking, getting at 1 0, um, and you'll be fine. And I was following this on Twitter, and George Sessions put up in the 45th minute saying, he did. Orient, just need to see this out and get in at 1 0, although, and they'll be fine. But then in the 47th minute, although Hartlepool get a free kick. And
1: in that point, um Franks is unmarked in the box and he fired in from six yard out. From so, six yards out. So poor defending again from Orion. Yeah. Lost concentration just before half time. Whatever it is, whatever that's causing us to have lapses from set pieces of opposition
0: in our own box is needs to be addressed. And all that hard Quickly. work and all that looking good in the first half gone, uh, in a blink of an eye, as it was one or and Statman, Mr Mac Bristow tweeted us. And came up with a fantastic stat who said that's now six goals conceded in 15 minutes before halftime for the O's. That's six out of 17 goals this season, which equates to 43% of goals conceded. Matt Bristow, I don't know how you know that. I don't want to know how you know that, but that's a fantastic stat keep sending them in. It is amazing. Orient really himself. But
1: but just to sort of cover what I said earlier, I think I was more referring to the second half because we had played some nice football. Yeah. You know, we had got into good positions but we just didn't take our chances. So
0: half-time, went in one all. I think you've just kind of summed up the first half there. Yeah. Fantastic.
1: Yeah, we played well for 40 minutes, um, put their backs against the wall. Defensive error lets them back in. It means
0: each manager really has got a very different team talk to give. Yeah, very good point there. So attendance announced you. 3,867 with 208 Hartlepool fans. And well done to them. Obviously had to get up really early to make the yeah. half past 12 kick-off. It was on TV, so they could watch it on TV. So well done to all the Hartlepool fans who came down to Leighton. And there were no changes for the O's at half-time. So the second half kicks off. You're thinking, come on O's, let's run away with it in the second half. But just two minutes into the second half, Hartlepool take the lead as their verdicts. Plus Deverdix Deverdix whips in and have a decent ball and Oates heads it in and we find ourselves 2-1 down in the 47th minute after being the much better team for the first 44 Yeah exactly and a really again really poor defending by us and that's the
1: second uh, set play piece that we've conceded from uh, yeah. today it's just not it's just not going well for us and, Disappointing and Yeah we've just got to do much better I don't know how but you just have to yep. in the 53rd minute though Donaldson's shot gets deflected hits the post and Lawless is booked for. A, Lawless gets uh, booked retrospectively booked for a challenge from the build-up. Were they
0: lucky? Were they unlucky with that post? I mean, we said bombers unlucky when he hit the post. No, 60th minute, McInniff puts in two good free kicks to the box, which culminate in Josh Kroemer firing the ball over. And in the 65th minute, uh, David Mooney's finally taken off. Like you said, he wasn't moving too well in the second half. Not at all. And we saw Sam Dolby. Um, come on. Yep, Sam Dolby then threaded a pass
1: through to Josh Kroemer. Who shoots the ball into the side net? Uh, who shoots the ball into the net, but is ruled for offside? Now, I'm fairly convinced that he was on side. There are others that say that were, had a different view to me that say he was also
0: on side.
1: But there are others that you noted. There down was a few tweets saw... who were
0: watching it on TV who said he was marginally offside. So okay. I haven't seen it. That so split so hairs. So okay. So 79th minute, Shame. Henry Ochon came on for the injured. Cray Clay. I mean, how are we doing at this point? Were we pressing for an equaliser? Were we looking likely to get one, or was it just a bit? If I remember flat? this
1: rightly, I mean, it, we were looking a little bit flat. To be honest, yeah. I think there was a lack of movement. Um, you know, bearing in mind we're losing two one, um, heads dropped a little bit. I think um, passing was a bit slow. Lack of movement in general. Um, for me, I'd be looking at <laughs> substitutions around this point though.
0: It's funny you should say that then, but maybe well, maybe a bit later than what you would have done. But in the eighty six minute. Bocco comes on for Coroma, A bit too late for you this change? Yeah,
1: I mean, for me, we're losing 2-1. We're chasing the game. I'd be making all my subs at 70. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Just to try and inject something into the game. And in the Um, 88th
0: minute, Jake Caprice got booked. and Five minutes of injury time were played. In the 92nd minute, Bon heads into the side netting. Was that a decent chance or not really? um, In the 92nd minute, I can't remember. Um... No, pass. Can't remember Fine. that one. And then a full-time whistle goes as the O's lose 2-1 to Hartlepool. Um, and that defeat is for the third time in a week. So three losses on the bounce for the O's and a lot for Steve Davis to think about. And Paul was lucky enough to get to speak to Mr Davis after the match. And here's what Steve had to say.
1: Tough day at the office uh, for us today. It's probably a bit of an understatement. A third loss
2: in a row. Is yeah. is there a sort of confidence issue amongst the, the players that you are putting out? <laughs> Um I don't think so. Uh, I think I think they allow things in the game to affect them. Um, that's probably why they play in this league uh, because they're easily affected by a goal that goes in or a misplaced pass or you know you've got to be very strong and resilient in thinking yeah we all make mistakes we're going to make mistakes in the game it's what we do next that's important and, um, and today the, the second goal certainly affected the, the group and it's a group that's very quiet that group that played this, the second half you know there's a there's a, there's a few talkers with Joby and Alex uh, and Craig but apart from that, we're very quiet. And it's uh, as I've just said there um, in the previous interview, that you know at that moment, you just need those leaders out there to, to get your spirits back up and get you going again. And uh, I'm not sure we had that on the pitch today, second half. Dressing room, uh, post match well, obviously, actually at half-time, a uh, slight game-changer. I would imagine that your talk would have been slightly different going in at 1-0 as it was to 1-0. Yeah, well, I just said to him how well we played. Uh, and I just said, look, I don't really want to talk about the goal, but I have to because... Um, I, thought it, well, I didn't think it was a free kick, I don't know whether you watched it again, I didn't think it was, it was a really soft one. I'm sure the, the, the people what, the, that were doing BT probably thought the same, um, both free kicks in fact. And then it was just, uh, we cleared the first ball and then really just let people drift off us for the second ball. I think it was one, one of the players switched off and allowed the player to get free and it dropped to him and, and he put it in. So, uh, And these things happen. Yeah. So. We go again next week away at Aldershot. All right. yeah, take, care. Yeah, take care, all the best.
1: That won't be an easy game against Aldershot, but we're looking a little bit like with Mooney coming off with what looked like he was running around with his arm by the side of him for yeah. a few minutes. It yeah. looks quite serious.
2: Yeah, he, he just fell. I think he fell heavily on it one of the tackles that he picked up and um, he's landing on it, so we're not too sure what, what damage he's done to his shoulder. He's not dislocated or anything like that. I think he just landed heavily on it and it's, it's bruised. And so and he literally couldn't pick his arm up uh, second half um so we'll have to just see how he is on Monday and same with Craig Craig's got a tight hamstring at half time so we just said to him, try and get through as much as you can and then we're we gonna have to replace you so he got he got through as much as he could. But in the end, he was, he was he was not able to to run around. So, so we'll just have to see how they are Monday, along with with the other seven. <laughs> it's unbelievable. We got nine out. We got nine injuries. Yeah. but Like you said earlier, they're all sort of more muscular. Yeah. I mean, due he's, to the it's only really Charlie Lee that's uh, the, that's longer term. Um, the others are muscular. George will probably be the longest of that group, four to six weeks, and then the others hopefully a week or two uh, to get back. But uh, listen, we've just got to ride it at the moment. We know when we've got those back, we we can be a Force in this league, and so that you know that that's the reason not to, not to panic or worry too much. The performances have been decent, I have to say. I thought first half we were super today, we played some great football. We just need to get the results to match the performances, and I think that that's the key at the moment.
0: So, that was Paul speaking to Steve Davis after the Hartlepool match. Paul, again, well done, great questions. First time thank I've heard yeah. that, so well done, and, mm. and again, massive thanks to Steve uh, for you know speaking to us yeah. after what must be a difficult time. And thank you to the club. For allowing us to do so,
1: yeah, and it was really nice as well. The Hartlepool manager was waiting quite a while for the press interviews to finish, and partway through that, you heard him saying, "Thanks, all the best." That was their manager giving Steve a handshake before they left. um, Unfortunately. Um, we also spoke to Jake Caprice post-match, and Jake Caprice said how disappointed he was with the defeat. We were punished for not defending set-pieces, and he said he was looking forward to the Aldershot game on Saturday because their pitch is big and they're more of a footballing side. Yeah, so Lee table then?
0: meant that that defeat sees us slip to 13th in the National League after 11 games, so a quarter <clears> of <throat> the season already gone amazingly, so yeah, we are on 16 points. Um, but only four points off of top place that's it it's such a tight league people getting really antsy and anxious and critical
1: and noisy and
0: horrible about it but we're only four points off the top and if we win next Saturday we can be just. and results go away we could be just a point off of top place that's how tired it is so very tight there so your views on yesterday's game Mr Levy
1: yeah very frustrating we've conceded two goals from set pieces uh, and other than that, I can't really think that Hartlepool gave Charlie that much trouble. If Bond's effort, effort that hit the post goes in in the first half, I genuinely think we'll probably go on to to won that 3-4-0. or four nil. Uh, It didn't, and we'll rue the chances we didn't take and the errors at the back that they scored. That's three defeats in our past three games, and we just haven't been clinical enough in either box. And I'm not going to rant or single any players out, but I think we just generally need improvements all over the pitch people must remember that this team have been together less than three months nine first choice players are now injured due to the pressures of the league on their bodies and not having had a full pre-season those who go to matches rather than get on the players backs perhaps it would be better uh, sorry rather than get on the players backs when they make a mistake it would be better to try encouraging and, uh, them and willing them to do well I'm sure they'll thrive in a positive environment compared to a negative one what was the atmosphere like? It was start, people starting to, like the second goal went in and, and in the second half, like first half we played some good football yeah. as Steve commented, but in the second half it wasn't as good, a bit more pedestrian, no one was really moving, even I was saying like move orient, yeah, like yeah. people just needed to move and create the space because Hartlepool sat back and put put 10 men behind the ball do, yeah, yeah. as as they shut up shop, so it, it made it difficult, we didn't find those pockets and yeah. Mooney wasn't there to, to open those holes up for us, so people were getting a bit... Antsy about yeah, it all, yeah, they would get like shouting and, and things didn't work out. It's like, oh, and that visible groan. Um, so, uh, that, that audible zone, uh, groan rather. Um, some fans really showing what fickle short term memories they have, and it's really, really disappointing from my perspective. And finally, take about Dan Hap. Who had a very good game today, 17 years old, six foot four, and still growing. Yeah, brim.
0: So for me, without seeing it, it sounds like a similar story to a few games really this season where we can't defend. Sounds like we had some good uh, first half play. I'm lucky not to be more than one up, but in football you have to concentrate and keep focused. And it sounds like we lapsed twice in defence and paid the price for it. I hope Mooney and Clay, they're not too bad. And hopefully we'll see Dayton, Corson, and Elicobi come back soon and progress, and hopefully See one or two back into Saturday squad. Well done to Joby. As it sounded like he had another decent performance today. So, those were our views. Your views on Hartlepool. So, we had a DM in from MP Alan Triple Two, um, who makes some good points. We might go through the whole thing, but we'll, we'll do his key points. He says, One, there's a few things that bother me this season. One is the happy, clappy fans. Yes, I know we're lucky to have a club. And yes, we're extremely lucky to have the new owners at orient, but that doesn't mean we can't have an opinion or criticise the team. Um, two, we've lost five games this season. Not the end of the world, but what concerns me is the margin of those defeats. In five defeats, we've only scored two and conceded 15. Third point, he says, as soon as we conceded today, our heads went down. Full point, Mooney looked in some discomfort as he was brought off. Wouldn't surprise me if he's out for a fair bit. And he goes on to say, lastly, luck. I want to end on a positive, and there's plenty of positives to take. Uh, but we have been extremely unlucky uh, with strikes hitting the post, keepers making saves uh, and offside goals. So we didn't deserve to lose today. But two defensive lapses from two set pieces mean we get nothing from the game. Yeah, some really, really good points in there, uh, Mitch.
1: So at oh sorry, just to cover, I think Moons has got a scan next week. Um, on his shoulder um, hopefully he won't yep. be out for too long but George is out for about another three weeks wish you well Mooney yep. at Paul uh, Arbuthnot said we should have closed the game down
0: when 1-0 up and dominating the game once again poor defendings let yeah. us down Dorset Viking says I know we've got injuries but Davis is showing a real lack of ability we can't defend no plan B and we seriously struggle when we go behind at Nicky Clark Ailes said can't believe some are moaning at the manager
1: have they not learned disappointing but lack of continuity will not work and Later
0: on he replied to that by saying wish people wouldn't lazily assume criticising the manager is calling for firing. Davis serves time but also must do better in many areas. Joe
1: Watts9 tweeted saying manager is a nobody, tactically inept. Lawless was more like clueless. Always sideways. Need a creative midfielder in this team and another centre-back.
0: Yeah, Dave is coming in for some criticism after today's game. That's El Cowado. It says, our performance from the first half, injury time onwards, was totally unacceptable. That said, I thought Hatt did very well and Mooney showed heart. Injuries are playing a part but our heads go as soon as we concede. Hartlepool didn't have to work very hard for that win at all. That's a
1: fair point. Uh, O's fan basing. Played some great stuff first half, then not strong enough at the break, uh, Sorry, at the back, then panic and no
0: creativity to get it back. Mo- Mooney injury didn't help. Yeah, Samuel, LOFC97. says, How can the management team not see we have no whip, we don't put enough crosses in and play too slowly, and we still can't defend set pieces? I would drop Ruddleson. He only plays backwards or sideways. Davis has already said Judd is a better player than him. And J.D., JC are big misses to the team
1: Yep Uh, At LOFC1971 That said play is too slow No width wide players are too narrow No crosses Thing is if we as fans
0: can see this Why
1: can't the management
0: Yeah a few tweets about playing too slowly About no width too narrow Yeah. At TCW0102 Says we have been outdone in the last three games While the spirit is there We have no cohesion There's a long way to go But a big sort out is needed Uh, Jamie Buck 98 said whatever Steve Davis said at half time it didn't motivate us at all set pieces are costing us dearly again only one team says teams don't have to do much to beat us they sit back we can't break them down we're too slow in our build-up. We need to hang on to our leads, especially at home. Great point.
1: Joe underscore Povett said, Thought Dan Hap had a very solid game, but we gave up after the second goal. Mooney is only good for winning
0: fouls. Davis needs a plan B. As Church, it's just concerning that performance drops so dramatically when we go behind. Again, we have to keep scoring. when on top. More poor goals conceded That's today.
1: That's a good point. Uh, yeah. At Taser Junior said, We must learn how important set pieces are and how to defend them properly. But as a performance, especially in the first half, I was pleased. Yeah, record Blue.
0: Haps is Groundhog Day. Defensively naive. <laughs> too slow a tempo in possession. Not willing to shoot enough. Dolby had nice touches and McEnough has done okay again. Stasi Stasi said,
1: played very well in the first half and should have been out of sight. Winners. Great debut by Hap. McEnough,
0: Caprice, Bon, and Mooney all very good. So in a few points saying it wasn't Hap's debut. It was Hap's, Hap's first starting. Uh, it was his third appearance but it was his first start starting at debut. Spano 0 so one game of two halves. Could have been two up, but one in on one all. Fine margins. I really think us as fans need to lower our expectations. This will take time. Yeah, you like that, that one, that's
1: a really great tweet. Yeah, uh, uh, at the
0: authentic, Gaz didn't expect to be losing three in a row. 16 points on the board and a quarter of the way through the season. I uh-huh. heart Rush Moss' injuries have clearly impacted the team as we lacked a bit of leadership at the back. Happy did well, but disappointed to concede two soft goals. At Charlie put underscore Paul, quickly
1: losing faith in Steve Davis, sub. Didn't make any sense. These were also too late and I
0: still think we need three or four more in the transfer window. Real Russell, 23, says a lack of urgency. No leaders at the back, including the keeper. Stupid diagonal long ball for 90 minutes and a severe lack of flair. So again, maybe, you know, Steve spoke about not having talkers in the team no leaders maybe we need to try and encourage that more on the actual playing field
1: yeah Nigel White said we beat Hartlepool with a team full of young players last season today's result is evidence that Ling should not have tossed them
0: aside interesting tweet that one LOFC Matos says three games ago we were all lauding Davis's genius so I think wanting him out now is a bit strong with no squad depth and that's just the issue. At Steve D F one we're trying to win the walking football league. No press urgency or movement. Pass sideways all day long. At Billy Herring03 says, we were unlucky today. Injuries are killing us. We need loans. We need to work hard on defending set pieces. Playing lovely, patient football. I believe Steve is trying to get some loans in. Um, Kent said in Meet
1: the Manager that there is budget for it. Yeah. I think it's just difficult trying to get Premier Kids to come to the National League and obviously football league clubs are under an embargo because it's outside the transfer window which means that even fringe players they don't want to let go because they couldn't replace so think, we're, it's a very
0: difficult position I think Martin Ling has some very good contacts and I'd be very surprised to not see anyone come in soon on loan when we spoke to Ling to be, in the, in early on he said he was going to use his contacts and I think he spouted off a number of clubs who he has contacts at yeah. so I, I'm not worried about that all seen but they've coming. got to be
1: better than what we've got yeah uh, in our own uh, youth academy Simon Bedford said until we scored and hit the post we were in control then sloppy defending lost us the game Hartlepool shut up shop. we couldn't cope
0: at Mark EO's 1106 says expect Davis to manage us to lower mid table but so many others would have this squad challenging for promotion hashtag limited at Orient underscore Viking if Davis is in charge by January I'd be
1: surprised he looks lost and luck wise at the moment if he dropped a quid he'd pick up a penny <laughs>
0: <laughs> and a final word at Paul R. Gregory says, a disappointing result but first off, we were in control. We were told that from Xmas we would be stronger. So let's keep the faith. So some great tweets in there. So thanks for all your tweets and emails over the last week. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the points made of tweets read right out. You can contact us via Twitter at Orient Outlook. You can contact us on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast. And on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. Or if you're not on social media, you can email us at Orient Outlook at Outlook.com. Yep, absolutely.
1: So, prediction league update. So, congratulations to uh, Layton Ears. Uh, sorry, underscore Ears. Paul underscore Stokes thirty nine at Nina Barone twenty seven at O's Van basing at Rich P two four two at Paul W E underscore U K and at Orion underscore Viking who all predicted two um, one to Hartlepool. However, special props go to Tony Adediran who predicted two one to Hartlepool and Joby to score so you get the full bonus point the
0: four yeah. round up
1: in the table very very shortly
0: well done Tony which moves us on to today Sunday the 17th of September so happy 40th wedding anniversary to Kevin Cowlin and his wife who is celebrating in Italy so Kev even though we lost yeah. mate I hope you're enjoying the sunshine hopefully the sun's shining in Italy wherever you are
1: yep earlier on today the Orient ladies beat Ipswich away 2-0 with goals from Chan and Lisa so their new names
0: Uh, to me there must be new additions to the Chan is a new addition and scored last week and scored this week and a fantastic result being Ipswich uh, away so let's round this podcast up because I think we're going to come in just over the hour mark so Prediction League update Tony underscore Antonio and unexpected item zero still lead the Prediction League on 10 points but it's getting very congested around the top of the table so the table can be found on our Facebook page and like we've already said thank you for all your predictions each match now is over 100 plus so yeah it's yeah. going to be you're
1: going to have to be really clever with your with your guessing <laughs> and as a, as a tip it might be worth waiting until the team's been announced not bad uh, not. at Uh, uh, so update on our Fancy Football League Danny Fedden leads the Fancy Football League he's opened up a lead he's on 316 points ahead of Bailey Smith in second uh, and Steve dropped four places to 137th I don't do it because I always say not going to give it too much attention just a cursory glance and then come September I'm fully involved researching (laughs) making stupid decisions so
0: I don't do it. Uh, Positives and negatives for this week. Yep, so positives in. Three positives, even though we've had two defeats. So the first positive is the form of Joby I've Done very well on Tuesday and scored his first goal since his return to the O's on Saturday. So well done to Joby. Second point was the youth starting to come through the season, making more appearance. So Michael Clark played on Tuesday. Happy played on Saturday. And Sam Dorby came in as a sub. And you've already got Granger playing. Josh Caroma who started as well. So good to see some youth getting back in. Yeah, absolutely. Lastly mentioned him last week but I'll mention him again the Orient ladies a fantastic 2-0 away win today so well done to all the guys uh, who run the ladies team yep yeah, absolutely so negatives this week sadly uh,
1: lost our last uh, so lost, so two home defeats in a week which means that we've lost our last three
0: games we've lost our last three games and we're only four points off of first place exactly Half which is why people need in. to relax Yeah,
1: people need to just
0: chill out Hey, relax man yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. conceding sloppy goals you know we're switching off at vital moments not taking our chances uh, that, that that we're creating. The injury list is is getting longer and longer. We've got nine out at the moment. That so, is yeah. Um, I mean that's pretty much those nine. Cool and, teams, it? Those yeah, nine are all pretty much two first centre, centre backs, is, yeah. First choice centre midfielder. Um, we've got moons out now.
0: We've got uh, Matt Howard Dayton. out now. So James yeah. Dayton, first choice winger. Okay. Oh, anyway, so that's been. Let's stop being negative and move yeah. on to a hero of the week. So. We didn't put it for public vote, so we've decided between ourselves and the winner Ooh. of this week's hero of the week is... is that man, Joby Mackenough. Well done, Joby. Well done, Joby. Good man. So next week's fixtures, just the one fixture for us this week as we make the visit to Aldershot Town on Saturday, 23rd of September. So Aldershot actually top of the league after beating Ebbsfleet away 2-0 yesterday. So this will be a very, very tough game. So if you go in, have a very safe journey. We hope you see the O's win And get themselves three points and get climbing back up the National League.
1: Yep. So that's it. It's been a tough week on the pitch with two home defeats, which nobody really expected. Just emphasises how hard this league will be. We've been creating chances, but not taking them. And we've been conceding poor goals defensively. So hopefully, with no midweek game this week, the boys will have time to train, be coached and get focused for the next game. But remember, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And we have several key players out injured. And this team is still getting to know each other. We'll be back with episode 116 on Sunday, the 24th of September. With all the information and views that you could ever need. And I actually think that will be an earlier in the day podcast than our usual 10pm
0: slot. Yeah, we hope so. So if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and give our podcast a review. And if you're listening on SoundCloud Chew in and Stitcher add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them so if you have an older relative or loved one who you think will like the podcast grab their phone and download it for them because we are still finding out O's fans do not know about the podcast yes
1: yeah absolutely the cab driver I saw in Holborn um, hadn't heard of the podcast so I told him about it and whether he listens or not is a different story so but if you are cab the cab
0: driver we hope you've enjoyed it welcome so, <laughs> so have a great week we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.